listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. This is The Pain Pod. You want to see pain? Look at these. Join Dr. Marco Rofoli in this special episode of The Pain Pod as he interviews many key speakers and pharmacy professionals at the RX Summit 2022 conference held in Atlanta, Georgia. Join The Pain Guy and others as they dive into important topics and strategies to combat the opioid epidemic. Then that led uh, to a surge on heroin. Uh, patients were unable, people that were already uh, addicted to opioids or had physical dependence to them, were unable to get them, so they go into the illicit market, and that promoted the entry of heroin at very high purity. And that was in 2010. And then at the same time that it happened that there were very strong guidelines to decrease prescription practices. So you do see that overdose from prescription drugs stabilized, heroin started to go up. And then in 2016, 2015, you start to see a blending up of the overdoses that was driven by fentanyl. And that fentanyl is what accounts now for these very, very fast increases, despite the fact, if you look at it, that the overdoses from heroin have been going down, the overdoses from prescription drugs have been going down slowly, and those from fentanyl are just going, going up. Now, initially, fentanyl was being used to just contaminate heroin. But as the illicit market realized that these are very powerful drugs that have actually a very high return on investment, because you can, they are easy to manufacture, they are very, very potent, so you need very low quantities, easy to bring into the, into, uh, to smuggle through uh, boundaries across countries. Uh, then they started to use to contaminate other drugs. And that's where you start to get contamination of cocaine, contamination of methamphetamine. And at that moment, you see the increases in overdose deaths from cocaine and methamphetamine, very, very sharp increases. Um, actually, it's 14,000 in one year for one drug, 14,000 in one year for another one. And it's not that more people per se, have a significantly higher number, are taking them. It's that they are contaminated with fentanyl. And that expanded also the, the type of persons that were vulnerable to them. The crisis started with black, uh, white Americans. And then as it became contamination of cocaine, you target a population that has been favoring cocaine, which are black Americans. And then there, you start to see the really steep rise in deaths from black Americans. And it is driven by this contamination of cocaine with, with, with fentanyl. And then the last uh, diversion in all of this process, which we saw for the first time recently, but it happened three years ago, just before the pandemic, we start to see deaths in adolescents from fentanyl. And that was absolutely unheard of, because adolescents don't consume heroin, very, very low levels, extremely the lowest we've ever seen, and they don't consume, per se, fentanyl proactively. And we believe that this reflects the fact that the the prescription pills, which they do consume, the illicit prescription pills, as you have been hearing, are actually being increasingly manufactured with, contaminated with fentanyl. And so there's been an eight-fold increase in seizures from these illicitly manufactured prescription drugs. And 
a very significant portion of them has, has fentanyl on board. So what is the significance of it in research? Number one, addressing pain and preventing um, misuse of prescription opioids is crucial, not sufficient. Treating people with an opioid use disorder is crucial, but it's not sufficient. It will require now to also address treatment of subst other substance use disorders, cocaine use disorder, methamphetamine use disorder, because now the illicit market is very, actually, very high likelihood that it's contaminated. So you need to include substance use disorder treatment, and it goes beyond that now. We are hearing, I mean, teenagers or people that take a, a prescription to go to sleep or an anxiolytic that they buy in the illicit market can die from one single exposure. And that shifts the whole, it expands enormously the population that can be vulnerable for overdoses. So the big question is how do you address that in terms of prevention? And, and in these instances when you have people that are maybe taking these illicit prescriptions to help them sleep better, to decrease their anxiety or because of pain, how do you prevent them from overdosing? And that's in, in a way more complex than when you identify people that do have a substance use disorder. So this is where we are in five minutes, and I can go into any one of those diversions or other questions that you may have. Dr. Volkow, uh, uh, my name is Mark Garofli, pain guy, trademark literally pending, uh, but from the pain pod on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, so faculty here at ARC Summit, but also clinicians, so I really, really appreciate how you can disseminate info and educate, taking complex things from anatomy and physiology to let us all know in society. Um, last week, I was actually interviewing some folks from the CDC regarding their um, revised opioid guidelines and, and all that information. And when you pile that on top of uh, things you were just talking about as well, of all that's going on with stimulants, it kind of begs the question, especially as a pharmacist, uh, is there anything in the works on the healthcare side for stimulants, things like ADHD, weight management, any guidelines, any guidance, any anything? Is there anything that you're aware of that's in the works in that regard um, to help clinicians, of course, along the way? For treatment? Yes. yes. You know, it's interesting because there we haven't, but there's no FDA-approved medication for methamphetamine, nor is it for cocaine. But there was a Cochrane review that actually evaluated the therapeutic benefits of using amphetamines uh, like Adderall for the treatment of methamphetamine use disorders. And they concluded, and, and these are quite rigorous uh, reports, that for methamphetamine, it actually there is uh, evidence of benefit. It's not a large effect. It's not like the use of methadone or buprenorphine. But overall, there is evidence that it can be beneficial. Now, for cocaine, the data is not clear. And I would say I wouldn't, whereas with methamphetamine, I feel more comfortable with cocaine. I don't think that the stimulants have proven to be uh, beneficial unless you have people that have a comorbid attention deficit disorder, and then you give them the stimulant medication, whether it's Ritalin, methylphenidate, or Adderall, and they improve. Now, what we've been doing at NIDA from research perspective, as we've been prioritizing interventions for the treatment of methamphetamine addiction. And last January or last February of 2021, not this year, 
uh, there was a paper from a study that we funded to evaluate the value of the combination of bupropion, which you use for a treatment of nicotine, and naltrexone, which you use for the treatment of alcoholism and uh, opioid use disorder. And it shows significant benefit mm -hmm. for the treatment of moderate to severe methamphetamine addiction. So what we are aiming to do now is to replicate, because it's actually from the studies that we have done, this is the one that has given the strongest signal of benefit. So we, are, we would like to bring the next clinical trial to the point where the FDA will give it an indication, because then it will be reimbursed. And that's where we, the process right now. We have to also do large clinical trials that are going to be evaluating the combination of buprenorphine with uh, naltrexone for the treatment of cocaine use disorders, and also for the treatment of methamphetamine use disorder. And the reason being that uh, when you give buprenorphine, buprenorphine actually not just uh, binds to the mu opioid receptor, but it also binds to the kappa and to the nociceptin receptor. And for those of you that are not pharmacologists, these are other receptors that modulate not just your reward centers, but importantly, your emotional centers of the brain, which is important because when people become addicted, they start to take that drug not because it makes them feel high, but it makes them, it basically uh, inhibits that dysphoric state of mind that they are in. So that's called negative reinforcement. So they are running away from feeling anxious, depressed, irritable. And that reflects changes in these receptors that can be targeted by buprenorphine. And so that's, that's where mm -hmm. the thinking goes around. So, so we have two large clinical trials that have been slowed down tremendously because of the COVID pandemic. So if it had not been for the COVID pandemic, we probably would have some results now, but it's just extremely slow to uh, recruit patients. And the other, the other thing that is, has me excited is that um, we've been, for many years, working on developing vaccines, and um, now I'm much more interested on monoclonal antibodies. And why? So we have vaccine development for uh, heroin, for fentanyl, for, for cocaine, for nicotine. The problem with vaccines and the way they act is just like for any vaccine for a virus, but you, you generate antibodies against the drug. They bind to the drug and they don't let it get into the brain, so you cannot get high. The problem is, as we now know with COVID, you need very high titers of antibodies, much higher actually than with COVID. Because COVID, you have a few uh, viruses here and there, but when people are administered in drugs, it's a huge quantity out there in your bloodstream. So that titers neither are huge, and none of the vaccines has been able to deliver that. However, if you deliver monoclonal antibodies, you basically can inject them. The monoclonal antibodies at much higher levels. So we are doing right now clinical trials already with a methamphetamine antibody that we are targeting specifically right now uh, first for methamphetamine toxicity, or what they call, people call overdoses, but it's Again, it's misnamed, but toxicity. So someone goes into the emergency room with a horrific arrhythmia with massive vasoconstriction and perfusion of organs, you give them the antibody, and you basically prevent any more drug to get into the tissue. And these monoclonal antibodies now have long, li long lives. They can last like 30 days. 
So if that is the case, we may be able to use them for treatment. So that's a very exciting, because yeah. we're already in the clinical trial. We'll, I mean, we will see how it goes, obviously. I, I, I have my fingers crossed in that regard, because there's, and this is kind of going on a limb, but when you're talking antibodies, that's something in the big picture that's going to bind to the substance. Yet we already have something like, say, naltrexone that would bind to the receptor. So you're either blocking the substance or blocking the receptor. My hands, I'm Italian, you already figured it out. But if, if we haven't won with naltrexone, then I, I've got concerns of like, well, will the antibodies then, because it's still the blocking effect. But you know, to your point earlier, well, what if we have both? I mean, you know, that the longer duration, the you know, fingers crossed in the big picture. So very happy to hear of those studies ongoing. But, but I like what you're doing because one of the things that we're also coming to recognize is combinations. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so right now we're just targeting one. But we know that, for example, if someone that is given naltrexone stops taking them, they are at great risk of overdosing. Mm -hmm. But if they are have the monoclonal antibodies, they are protected. Yeah. So we are working on with different types of uh, combinations to improve outcomes. Thank you. I, I was just going to say, uh, you were talking about money earlier. Um, and we talked a little earlier about the incentives for these pharmaceutical companies. Um, I, I do sort of, I am having a hard time kind of wrapping my mind around, you know, the incentive for the pharmaceutical companies to work with what might be a lot of people who can't, you know, pay a ton of money out of pocket for treatment. And I wondered if you might just talk at me a little bit about some of the interesting sort of scientific breakthroughs and treatments that exist and are sort of in the pipeline, but maybe being blocked by, by that lack of an incentive structure. Well, no, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the issues that's very frustrating is when you develop a medication that has benefits, but uh, the insurance doesn't cover it. And the perfect example have been the extended release formulation. So, mm -hmm. We partner with two pharmaceuticals to develop extended release formulation of buprenorphine that have many advantages. And they are not being prescribed. The, the prescription rate is very, very low because insurances are not covering for that. They are more expensive. So this is a problem. And, uh, and, and to the extent that we can actually get, and we were discussing it for the uh, abuse deterring formulations of of opioid drugs. The insurance are not paying for them. So why do we even bother, right? And yet these are solutions that are uh, particularly the extended release formulations of buprenorphine that would improve the outcomes. And so what we're aiming to do is to um, document uh, the efficacy. So we're comparing it, we're doing studies comparing it against buprenorphine, the suboxone, and I mean, the, 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 there was a, a small study done already in, the, in one of the, of the jails that showed a pretty dramatic difference between the extended release formulation and the immediate release. Pretty dramatic. And these were people in the justice setting. And so when you see these large differences of almost 50% lower likelihood of relapse and almost 50% uh, reduction in reincarceration. If you start to put that in terms of the cost averted, mm -hmm. not to say that you're protecting them from overdosing in a more effective way, you would hope that that would incentivize changing the parameters for reimbursement. <laughs>
Now at RX Summit 2022, we're going to have a little chit chat with some of the attendees and actually some of the fellow faculty as well too. Uh, so one of the really cool things as I hope all of you know at various conferences is networking and getting out there and meeting with everybody. So. Uh, we're going to have literally one of those like stand-up tall reception table conversations here um, with uh, Cynthia or Cindy, uh, Cindy Chamberlain uh, and Mariana Ivanilo uh, to just discuss a couple of the topics that, are, that have been covered uh, for RX Summit 2022 and you know just some takeaways as well. So anyways enough of pain guy here. So uh, Cindy, what, what would you, how do you describe, what, do you, what are your thoughts on RX Summit 20? 2022 just you know big picture things well it's really exciting to just be back in person being able to network with people who are coming to the conference from different professions um, and then really learning about what is are the new trends versus what's kind of continuing to go on um, and where I work with children it's a little bit different in that um, the kids that I'm working with don't necessarily participate in some of the abuse. However, I need to understand the different medications because a lot of times the parents have used them. Absolutely. And, and you bring, you know, um, I, we're always all about interprofessionalism and, you know, bringing physical therapy to the table is just like some of us bringing pharmacy to the table. And, and uh, lo and behold, hey, you're also from Wild and Wonderful West Virginia. Yes. So, you know, obviously we, we, we've got that going on as well, too. Absolutely. Um, but lots of experience back home um, in the mountains of Appalachia, of course, too. So. Uh, now, on the other uh, side of uh, the, the world, not the world, but the country, I guess, coming from Chicago. So, Mariana, what, what, are your, what are your big picture things? What are you thinking about here when we're talking about RX Summit 2022? Hi, everyone. It's nice to be back to the RX Summit. And it's really nice, first of all, I need to mention that uh, the summit has been re renamed now. It's the RX and Illicit uh, Drug Summit. And I came back after a couple of years of break. So what I see and my areas of interest, the sessions that I actually attend here, focus on polysubstance use disorders. Uh, traditionally, it's been opioid, but now it's transitioning to many substances. So basically, basis is opioids. But on top of that, now there is another emerging epidemic of stimulant use disorders methamphetamine and also prescription stimulant diversion uh, has been mentioned uh, during some sessions. And uh, together with opiates and stimulants, there is some emerging substances like gabapentin, benzodiazepine, so it creates a full cocktail, uh, unfortunately, and it's still growing. And I think pharmacists have, uh, there is a huge field for us to work and that, work with patients, work in treatment, education, and advocacy. And I'm really glad this is a conference where I can actually network with a group of pharmacists in all of these areas. And this We're is, everywhere, aren't we? Yes, we <laughs> are, and we bump into each other in the hallways. We, we do mingle with other professions, too, though. It, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's another point. I love these conference, interprofessional conferences because we can learn from each other and something like RX Summit is a great opportunity for pharmacists, especially in the field of pain and addiction area, not only currently actively uh, being involved, but also with the interest like me. I'm, I am actually
as professional interest into that area, learning more. And it's a great opportunity to learn not only from pharmacists or physicians, but also from like Cindy, uh, who is uh, a physical therapist and social workers, addiction counselors, and law enforcement uh, personnel from different uh, professional walks of life. It's, it's always, you know, the interprofessionalism, it's kind of like, uh, in a different perspective, just the idea overall of, as you articulated there, the polysubstance. It is always, 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 except a couple times, but it is always, always multiple substances, uh, whether prescription, illicit, diverted, misuse, abuse, you know, the whole terminology game at Word Search. Uh, but it, it's always multiple things. So um, now, now Cindy will have completed a, a wonderful presentation on NAS. So I've just got to ask you, Cindy, of course, what's, what's your 50,000 foot view of NAS? Well, um, so currently in West Virginia, one in five children are born substance exposed. And six, 6.6% or 66 out of every um, thousand children born in West Virginia are born and diagnosed with neonatal abstinence syndrome, which means they need some kind of additional support um, to wean off of the substances that their mom was using while they were pregnant. Um, it usually um, involves going into the NICU, um, having kind of a limited stimu stimulus um, environment. Also, it could involve um, methadone. Um, morphine. So I'm just thrilled to be here because we're always talking about the people struggling with substance use disorder, um, but we need to be remembering the families and we also need to be remembering that in these unique situations we have two diagnoses in the home, which means we need to be doubling up on services for the family and supports for the family because it's twofold. Um, and they deserve and need more support than just if there was one person struggling with an issue. Thank you, thank you. And it, it's, you know, these are topics that transcend well beyond healthcare. I know I've pontificated on that uh, in the past, of course, uh, here on the pain pod, of course, but uh, the overall idea is how everything is actually hitting society as a whole, our entire community. So thank you for that. There was actually, um, and, and I shared this on LinkedIn uh, prior to the conference actually, but the video, the RX Summit 2022, the folks in the whole organization made a video that I highly recommend everyone to check out. Uh, it had the the feel of like a movie trailer, but maybe a motivational, motivational uh, video for like a sports team at the beginning of a season or something. But it really just transcends into everybody. And you don't need to be in healthcare to watch that video, by the way. So definitely check that out. Uh, now, Mariana, you, you mentioned um, a good amount there about just the, you know, polysubstance uh, issues. Um, you know, quite frankly, there's just that overall idea of, you know, stimulants. There's that, many say growing concern, but turns out it's been going on for years, quite frankly, if not decades, but definitely years now. And, you know, those that were the, the canaries in the, the coal mine, that's a book out there too, uh, knew well ahead of time of, hey, these things were starting to happen, so we need to rally the troops. So that's a, a bigger theme already, you know, for RX Summit 2022. So any, any additional thoughts there in that realm? Well, my thoughts are, yeah, we have to be on the lookout in the future, the trends, it's growing. Like in the past, we're used to prescription. We, as a pharmacist especially, we focused uh, on uh, prescription opioids and eventually 
the guidelines came out and then many states implemented uh, state laws where they limited uh, certain um, the quantity and the doses uh, for the opioids. Regarding the stimulants, well, currently uh, there is no definitive data if the, and the questions actually have been raised by some of the attendants and address some of the faculty, the speakers, that could potentially we be seeing in the stimulant use disorder wise growing this, that could a prescription stimulus uh, somehow contribute that? Because we actually do see the increase in the volume of, uh, of the stimulants prescribed across all age ranges, I see in adults and also children. Well, there is no data at this point that prescription, increased uh, use of prescription stimulants uh, could potentially be adding to the growing epidemic of uh, stimulant use disorder. And we all know that uh, they do have a valid place in the treatment of adults and children with ADHD, and they're very effective medications. However, it's like with opioids, which are also effective uh, medications for treatment of pain, and they do have a place in the treatment. Uh, but currently, we keep a watchful eye on the prescribing and use of opioids, and I personally think we should be keeping a watchful eye on the prescribing and use of prescription stimulants as well. So very good thoughts there. It's, it's, you know, in other realms like various guidelines and, and all that, we talk about limits or is it thresholds. It's just really keeping a watchful eye. Uh, you know, quite frankly, all of healthcare professionals are in the same boat with that. When it comes to those medications, of course, us pharmacists, we're right at the helm uh, right there. Um, so there's there's even sessions uh, that will have been conducted for our summit 2022 that are going into those uh, novel psychoactive uh, substances. Boy, we like to make long terms, don't we? Um, new drugs, folks. Um, or renditions thereof. Add a methyl group and you're on that list, right? Add a methyl group, you might also cross the blood-brain barrier or enter into an ER. We know all about that. Um, that's, you know, MedChem can be fun or at least very interesting. So that's something that I, I always pose to our, our pain pod nation to, you know, kind of check out more. You always want to stay abreast of these topics. Know what's going on out there. Don't just wait for the headlines to happen. And by golly, read the articles. But anyways, you, you want to be looking into these things, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, you know, various resources out there. There's different CEs when you're talking about whether it's cannabinoids, cannabis, um, all these different types of illicit substances. You know, yours truly, of course, I've got that uh, free CE, uh, Substances of Abuse Specialty Pharmacy Certificate. I mean, 15, 20 hours talking about illegal drugs. That's how many people like to get their CE, right? Um, but anyways, there's a lot of information out there. RX Summit 2022 do, doing and will have done a great job covering all that. So um, I really want to thank both of you ladies uh, for your time here uh, and hope that uh, certainly the, the rest of RX Summit 2022 plays out very well for you as well. Uh, so till the, till the next interview, Pain Pod Nation, we'll meet again. Nation, we're back again here with RX Summit 2022, and now I've got Mr. Hans Moorfield from Chess Health. Now, Chess Health does a lot of collaborations with my own state, wild and wonderful West Virginia. Turns out they do a lot of collaborations all over the country, of course, too, all aiming to make that illustrious difference. Uh, 
so uh, here though with RX Summit 2022, um, Hans, what, what, what kind of vibe are you getting? What are, what are your thoughts here on the summit overall? Well, I mean, the first comment is that really has nothing to do with the topic, just that everyone's so excited to get out of the house and <laughs> be back in a conference and uh, mingle with people. And uh, so, you know, I can see some people have pulling out dress shoes that they haven't worn in three years. Dress shoes, uh, probably dress pants too, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, those don't fit so well, but everyone's trying their best. It's, it's so true. Um, that uh, That's a good way to articulate just the electricness at, at, a, at probably any conference these days. But especially with the uh, you know the folks at RX Summit that put all the work into making these things great, it just brings it up to that next level. But yes, I think if everybody just got to run a campfire, we'd probably have a good time too, right? That's right. Oh. so uh, chest health. T tell us, tell our, our pain potters here, um, what what's what is the overall mantra? What what are the efforts of chest health, especially in West Virginia, of course, near and dear to me, right. um, but as far as across the country as well too. Sure. Thanks, Mark. So uh, chest health is a digital health company focused on the crisis of substance use disorder, both for the individual afflicted, their family, and really the community in which they live. And so our whole goal starts with you know, helping people achieve sustained recovery and ultimately better outcomes and improving the quality of life. Uh, the thing that has evolved for us over the years, because we started really focused on recovery, is that we've been moving progressively earlier and earlier in the life cycle of addiction management. So we've worked at getting more people to treatment, and then the newest thing we're working on is actually prevention and early intervention functionality from a technology perspective, so that in the long run we hope to really prevent the onset of SUD. It, it's, it, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of treatment and probably a couple kilos too, right? <laughs> um, it, it's really great to hear that of, you know, not only the success, and, and by success, of course, I'm sure you know I mean the, the improving and right. saving of lives, the, the heartbeats that are being saved out there. Uh, yes, digital is something, that I, you know, we made it to the moon in the, essentially a garbage can, and then we made the internet. And now we're kind of just finally tapping into the digital side for really helping people. Uh, you know, whether it's health, lifestyle, overall, um, wellness, j just the big picture ideas of what digital therapeutics can do and programs along the way. So really happy to, to have you here at RX Summit 2022. Uh, and of course, here on the Pain Pod, yeah. you know, just sharing those, those extra insights into what Chess Health is up to these days and in the past and certainly in the future as well. So I hope the conference continues well for uh, your entire team and for uh, the rest of us hanging around here at RX Summit. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. You're very welcome. Enjoy it. Bye. everyone to paint for pain pod nation we're still here of course at rx summit 2022 and got another uh, guest speaker here today um, I, I think you'll enjoy it's michelle leopold from fed up yes you heard it's so succinct it just works fed up uh, it's a coalition to end the opioid epidemic but let's enough from this guy right you've heard enough from pain guy Michelle, tell, tell, tell our Pain Pod Nation a little bit about Fed Up. Sure. So this group started by a group of volunteers from all over the country who lost their kids to the opioid crisis. Um, and they 
were fed up with nothing happening. Mm -hmm. So they grouped together to do rallies on a federal level to try and pass federal bills around opioids. And uh, they've continued. Unfortunately, the first generation of parents that lost their kids to opioid overdoses are now joined by the second generation, uh, including myself, who lost our children to fentanyl and fentanyl poisonings. So it's a very sad group, but we believe that it's a lot easier to make change one time uh, rather than 50 states at a time. Yes. So we're encouraging people to go to our website, which is fedupralli.org, because we used to do rallies before COVID. <laughs> of course. Um, and currently there are four bills on Capitol Hill that we are encouraging as many voices to speak out about, um, including getting the drug czar to be a member of the cabinet, H.R. 2366, which is improving the government's response to fentanyl and other opioids. H.R. Uh, 955, which is allowing Medicaid available 30 days before inmates get out of jail. And H.R. 1185, which is requiring doctors to share with their patients how dangerous prescribed opiates can be, uh, which is not a federal law. It's, that's some incredible work that you've got um, strategically targeted there, like you mentioned, on the federal level, you know, so that everybody's not running around in a circle, getting nowhere. Um, everybody's briskly jogging, getting stuff done to save lives, quite frankly. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, even our federal drug czar. Turns out he actually came from West Virginia. That's, Dr. Right. that's Dr. Gupta. Um, certainly a presence at RX Summit 2022 and many other places. So, yeah, by all means, elevating his voice even higher. And whoever is in the role, perpetually, of course, too. So um, I really uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us uh, at the Pain Pod. And, you know, before we started chatting, you, you when we were chit-chatting, you mentioned about uh, Fentanyl Awareness Day. Now, everybody will be listening to this, of course, uh, as a summary of RX Summit 2022, so it'll be later on, but um, tell, tell us a little bit about the, the big announcement for the Fentanyl Awareness Day. Thank you. So there was a press release that was sent out at 4 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, <laughs> and it was announcing the creation of National Fentanyl Awareness Day, Org, if you'd like to go to the website, mm -hmm. and it will be held this year for the first time ever on May 10th, and uh, it's especially important, in my opinion, because it is really creating a connection between all sorts of people who are involved in this crisis, from Snapchat to Mexico. And they are all supporting this and using their voices and their connections to raise awareness of deadly fentanyl in our drug supply. And uh, all the information is on there. As a grieving parent, my son Trevor died in November of 2019 to one pill. One pill can kill. And uh, since then, I've been using my voice as often as I can, speaking mm -hmm. to groups and printing out banners, handing out flyers, making buttons. Mm -hmm. But I'm just one person in one little corner of, I'm north of San Francisco. But this is a national effort for the first time that I don't have to do all the hard work. 
Uh, there's a lot of other awareness days, which I'm so grateful for. But for the May 10th event, other people are going to be doing the hard work. And all I have to do is go to the website, read about fentanyl, and hit share. And share it with my social media networks. Or if I'd like to share it on a larger level, I'm allowed to. Absolutely. I don't have to for a change. <laughs> it's, it takes a little bit off your shoulders as a leader here with FedUp to put it on our shoulders. That's everyone listening. We all can make a difference. The, um, you know, the one pill can kill. I know it's a hashtag. It is so much more than that to so many people. Um, you know, on the Pain Pod, we uh, months back had actually Dan Schneider, the, the pharmacist, on there. If you ever want to hear him this morning, uh, if, the, <laughs> if you ever want to hear one pill can kill, that's one. There, it, it means so much more, or at least the same amount, to hear yeah. from those that have been directly yeah. affected by that. So I and really appreciate hearing that. And yes. and the pharmacist is also using his voice and his platform yes. as one of the sponsors of the May 10th event. Absolutely. Dan, Dan's the man. You, you, he, well, actually, he's the pharmacist. I'm just a pharmacist. <laughs> but but um, he's he's the man, too. Yeah. So, um, well, well, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that everybody uh, will include it in the show, the episode notes for all the, the resources that you had mentioned. Uh, that way it'll be, make it a little bit easier on the Pain Pod Nation to get to all these clicks along the way. Thank you very much for your time and uh, hope everyone continues enjoying the RX Summit 2022 Summary Show. All right, here we are again at RX Summit 2022. Listen in, Pain Pod Nation. Uh, so here now, check this out. Uh, we've had lots of conversations, of course, when it comes to naloxone. Naloxone everything, naloxone everywhere, all the time, right? Saving lives one at a time. Um, well, here now, I've got some folks from Narkit. Now, some of you may have heard of them, some many may have not. So uh, Mr. Ross Ely is here uh, from Narkit. Uh, so we'll have a conversation with him uh, around what, what's going on with these naloxone products and uh, involving especially some access issues along the way. But um, Ross, welcome to the Pain Pod. And how, you know, how has uh, RX Summit 2022 been going for you? What, what do you get as far as the vibe and the electricity in the air? What are, you, what are your thoughts for the conference overall? Uh, Mark, I think, you know, we've had a tremendous, um, we, can't, we can't hardly catch our breath, actually, because we've had some tremendous conversations with different kinds of people. Um, and all really focused on the same kind of kind of thing. It's a it's a, a, a conference with a lot of like minds. Uh, everybody's sort of dedicated to solving a problem, all from their different perspectives. And you know, I, I I'm still looking for the opportunity where I can go out and start circulating a little bit and talking to a bunch of other people that are exhibiting <laughs> here because there's a lot of really interesting. It stuff. really is. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough when you get tied to like you know the one booth at a time, and you know that's that's your effort for the day. But boy, you wanna you wanna get, put some miles on the in the shoes, right? Exactly. Um, now, as far as Norkit goes, we we were chatting a little bit earlier, of course. But um, what's you know what's the the brief story and intentions, and, and you know how is Norkit making a difference out there? Well, Mark, you know I, I think what happened, um, and we were involved with the launch phase of the actual pharmaceutical product um, a number of years ago and doing a lot of collateral and educational um, uh, advertising. Um, and, and what I think became obvious to us in talking to a lot of first responders, especially law enforcement, was that there was a bit of a deployment gap. 
um, while while we were taking care of, of some training and certainly the awareness in terms of uh, it was important to be carrying the product, um, now, now that I get my box of two-dose Narcan, what do I do with it? Do I put it in the glove box? Do I throw it in my go bag? What? Do I no. give it to my supervisor? So I think that um, for us, we got very much involved with law enforcement. We did a lot of field testing, and and with with um, in conjunction with the manufacturer initially, uh, tried to make sure that um, we were addressing temperature tolerance and access. And so our goal right now, um, with a lot of the products that we're now rolling out, is to make sure that we can make naloxone and Narcan nasal spray as accessible as possible everywhere in the community, not just first responders. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, PainPod Nation has heard, heard me uh, abundantly talking all about it. You know, it is important within healthcare to be, you know, making those efforts one-on-one -on -one and getting naloxone in the hands of many, but we can't forget our real estate professionals as well. The relocation, location, location. Um, Narkit has one product where it's an AED with naloxone coinciding there, cohabitating together. There's other things I got to see at RX Summit 2022 that uh, were like uh, things you put on the side of a, a belt for perhaps, you know, first responders, law enforcement and so forth. Um, just making it, uh, you know, like Ross was just saying, it, it's all about the access. Uh, you, it, if the medicine's just sitting out there, it's, you know, it, it's like vaccine compared to vaccination. I know that's a hot topic, folks, but it's just sitting there until it's actually saving a life. So I really want to thank you here today, Ross, for your, your thoughts, you know, just going over Narkit and, of course, RX Summit 2022. I uh, hope you enjoyed the pain pod here, albeit briefly. And uh, we'll have many more conversations, of course, coming up for RX Summit 2022. Okay, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the chat. Uh, welcome, PainPod Nation. We are live here at RX Summit 2022. Welcome back. Everybody's getting electric and in person again, of course. And I am here right now actually with uh, Quest Diagnostics. We specifically have Frank Samero with us. Uh, and he's, he's one of the marketing guys, right? So he's going to know a thing or two about what in the world Quest does. Turns out, PainPod folks, I'm pretty sure you've actually heard about Quest Diagnostics because, well, they're pretty much everywhere. So, you know, when I made the turn at the exhibit hall, I was like, well, obviously, I got to speak to these ladies and gents, right? Um, so, Frank, welcome to the Pain Pod. Thanks, what, Mark. What, uh, what would you say, what are your thoughts here on RX Summit 2022? What, what are you thinking about the conference here? Well, Quest has come to the conference for the last several years, and we're thrilled to be back in 2022. Mm -hmm. The last couple of years has been virtually, so yes, it's sir. actually great to see a lot of familiar faces again. Um, we're just happy to be here and learn. Learn from our peers, learn from our colleagues, different organizations, different individuals about, you know, how they're going about attacking this horrible epidemic that's that we're all facing. Um, we're here really, you know, like I said, to learn, to meet people, but also to share some of our own information. We publish every year a health trends report, which is based on our analysis of generally one to five million de-identified drug tests. And wow. we share information on local positivity rates for different illicit substances, um, just doctor's practices and how they go about trying to face, again, behaviors they're undertaking to try and deal with their patients facing drug misuse. Now, now, folks, what, what Frank is talking about there is I, I hope you've seen them too. It's, they end up being kind of like heat maps. You see that, you know, it's great to have a spreadsheet, by the way. 
Obviously, I'm not talking about a PDMP report, but um, you know, you get results for a urine drug screening or test or whatever. But when you see the trends in a given area, they even they have reports. There's there's um, I, I'm looking at a report right now, Raven. Physician perspectives and diagnostic insights, and, and this is something as Frank mentioned. Uh, you know, they do repeatedly. It's important to get that information out there. And perhaps one of the best things you just heard was he and the whole team, we're all here to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a mic, obviously, I'm on one now, but um, on a stage for doing a presentation and then doing, uh, you know, pain pod stuff, of course, at the conference uh, for this summary episode. Uh, but in the big picture, we're all here to learn. And no matter what corner you turn, no matter who you're talking to, you're going to learn. So uh, I, I appreciate those words there, Frank. And, and it's it's really great to hear that, you know, uh, Quest Diagnostics and is doing those things beyond just the, the testings, the everything that's needed, absolutely needed for clinical practice. I know even at my own clinical practice, we, we do many different testings, uh, but to actually see what the trends are. And that's one of the big things here uh, with RX Summit 2022 is seeing what's going on out there, you know, the forest within the trees. You know, before we started chatting, Frank, uh, you mentioned uh, that you guys actually do a podcast, too. So, sure. you know, as a podcaster, I like to highlight other people's podcasts. So what, tell me a little bit about your podcast. For, for so um, the Quest medical team, we have a, our lead medical advisor is Dr. Jeff Gooden. We also have a full staff of toxicologists, but our lead toxicology PharmD is a Dr. Jack Kane. So Jack Kane and Jeff Gooden do a... We try to do it as often as possible. Sometimes, you know, corporate life gets in the way. But we do a monthly podcast on really just on hot topics in drug testing. Mm -hmm. And um, tons of great episodes. You can go to questdrugtesting.com mm -hmm. and hear from our experts. And they talk about the issues. There's always going to be, you know, a mention of how we can support you with testing and with our offering as well as with our educational resources. Awesome. And, you know, I think we could all appreciate a name drop every now and then. <laughs> when, you, when you say those names, uh, you know, one that popped to me was, of course, Jeff, um, uh, Dr. Gooden. If you've been under a rock, let me just help everyone out here. Uh, you could actually check out, I think he's been in some of the, uh, for topical pain medicines, he's been on some commercials. Yes. I don't think it was Super Bowl yet. That's for uh, opioid-induced constipation someday, right? But um, but pretty big caliber. So that, that's really cool. Um, I know I'll be checking out the podcast as well. Yeah, uh, so I, I really do. thank you for that info. Our last and, issue um, was on the new health trends report, which I mentioned. Awesome. But the one before that was on trends we're seeing in fentanyl. And like you mentioned, Mark, it's mm -hmm. not only the national trends, but we drill down. We have a whole team of analysts. We can go down to the, mm -hmm. you know, the to the zip code level. Yep. So, so you can really, and our and our um, account execs, when they're visiting their customers and calling on them and talking about our drug monitoring offering, they also have this data available. So you can get really see what's happening in your neighborhood. Yep. We are, you know, as clinicians, my, myself included, and everyone listening, um, we want to know what's going on with our patient. You know, the one-on-one. But to help that patient, you got to know what's going on in the in the background in too. The so, yeah. um, you know, we always, uh, I think, jokingly or serious to say, physical exam starts in the parking lot. Um, well, urine drug screening testing, hopefully, um, goes well beyond just that that one cup, of course, too. So, so I really want to thank you, Frank, um, and everybody at Quest Diagnostics. Uh, I hope you I hope everyone uh, has enjoyed and. Summit 2022 and listening here now for the summary show. Great. Thank you Thanks for joining the Point Pod.
Summit 2022, and I hey, we've, we've got a good one now. Um, we have the Drug Enforcement Agency. I know you know them as the DEA. Uh, we've got a representative here, Shivalo, uh, who's going to tell us a couple things about what, what the DEA has been up to. Uh, amongst the many, many things, obviously, to help our country and help everyone even on a personal level as well. So, um, you know, first off, we're here for the RX Summit 2022 uh, summary episode here on the Pain Pod. So, uh, Shabala, what, what would you say, what are some of your thoughts on RX Summit 2022? Well, first of all, I'm happy to be here and a part of law enforcement because we all understand in this country that law enforcement alone cannot solve, solve the tumultuous drug problem we have. It's going to take a combination of treatment, education, and law enforcement working all together on all cylinders to help combat this issue. So I think it's a great opportunity to bring together all three of those elements to help solve this broader issue that we have. Amen. It, it's, and let me, let me tell you, Pain Pod Nation, what, what Shvala just said there is emanating from every corner and every wall at RX Summit 2022. It, it's, you know, first off, everybody's coming out of the woodwork, obviously with pandemic concerns, but then also, you know, everyone's getting together. There's that vibrancy, the electric part, but with RX Summit, there's there's an added level. It's beyond interprofessional, it's inner community, inter society, because um, it really does take everyone to make that difference. Now. Now, as I uh, articulated there earlier, the DEA is obviously doing a lot of efforts to make a difference. That's how I would paraphrase it. Um, one of them that, that uh, seems to be synonymous with a lot of people, a lot of organizations at RX Summit is one pill can kill. So, uh, Shval, tell me a little bit more about that in, in a DEA perspective. So, some months ago, our new administrator, Ann Milgram, really wanted to focus on the counterfeit pill issue that this country is experiencing. Absolutely. And what's ironic about it is there have been some information that's gone out that basically when DEA sends pills, counterfeit pills that we see mm -hmm. on the streets, mm -hmm. we have those analyzed by a laboratory. Uh -huh. Four out of those ten pills contain a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl. So that's 40% of the pills that are being passed out, passed around as counterfeit pills, and they typically will come in the form as a as a, as a pharmaceutical product, mm -hmm. whether it's a, a Xanax bar. But So just imagine 40% of those pills containing a potentially lethal dose. That's staggering. So we really want to push out the fact that one pill can potentially be lethal. And that's serious when you really think about it. That, that is, um, you know, some of the most important things are, are oversimplified, yet that, that's yeah, that's what Mark Twain used to say. I believe one of the quotes of the, sorry, I would have made this letter shorter, but I didn't have the time. Uh, you know, how, how great it is to see a message that is succinct and out there to try and save heartbeats, regardless of what somebody's got going on in their life, saving their heartbeat. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I look forward to all various collaborations going forward with the DEA on behalf of pharmacy, on behalf of healthcare. Um, just want to thank you for all that you and your team um, are doing here at RX Summit 22, and thank you for your time as well. Pain Pod Nation, we always enjoy a chat with the DEA or various other, uh, you know, large organizations for our country. Uh, so. That's how we're rolling here at RX Summit 2022. And I'd like to thank you for putting out the message and doing what you do to help get the word. You're very welcome, Shalom. It takes a village.